0: Gen Politics, formerly known as Intergenerational Politics. This is a podcast that makes politics engaging and relevant for all generations. My name is Victor She, a freshman at UCLA, the youngest elected delegate for Joe Biden, also one of the co-hosts of this podcast.
1: And I'm Jill Weinbanks. I met Victor when we were campaigning to be Biden delegates. I'm also an MSNBC legal analyst and the author of The Watergate Girl. I am also the known for wearing pins that have a message, and today's message has to do with The Handmaid's Tale, and this is a handmaiden, uh, and it's very relevant to our conversation. We are very excited to be welcoming uh, our guests today because state legislatures across the country are introducing legislation that would restrict women's reproductive rights at breakneck speed. One report released in May this year uh, predicted that in 2021 there would more anti-abortion bills any year since the landmark case of Roe v. Wade, which was 1973, half a year ago. This makes it all the more important for everyone, from my generation, which has been debating and fighting for this issue for all those years, to Victor's generation, to pay attention to what is happening in state legislatures and in the Supreme Court. I have been fighting this battle for women's rights, not just for reproductive rights but all women's rights, for a very long time and have often wondered, where is the next generation of fighters for these rights? And at last, we have a young activist that we welcome today.
0: Uh, Our guest today is Paxton Smith, who surely is a rising star in the movement for a woman's right to choose. As a valedictorian of her high school with a GPA of a 104.93, which is 100 (laughs) higher than mine, uh, Paxton was selected to give her high school's commencement speech. Uh, She had planned to talk about the media and how the consumption of it has changed in recent decades and how it affects her life, uh, but decided instead to talk about the concerning effort to restrict women's reproductive rights. Um, We'll include this in the show notes, but you can read Paxton's powerful speech um, in our show notes so thank you so much for being here uh, with us Paxton and congratulations on your graduation
2: thank you I'm glad to be here thanks and Paxton
1: as someone as I mentioned who's been fighting for women's rights and for equality for all people since I was your age um, your speech was incredible and I'd love for you to let our audience have the background so set the stage for what it was like for you to give that were you nervous Excited? What were you thinking?
2: I was actually really dreading giving that speech. Um, it certainly is a controversial topic, and it's scary to put your face on that, especially in such a conservative area. And I fully expected that the microphone would get cut off, and I would receive a lot of really negative messages, or I would probably burn some bridges that day when I made that speech. But ultimately, the the legislation in this country regarding reproductive rights has just gotten out of control, and I felt like I needed to say something about it.
1: So as you gave the speech, looking at the faces of fellow students, at the faculty? What kind of reaction did you see?
2: I actually wasn't looking at anyone's faces. I was just uh, trying to focus on giving the speech, but I could hear the reactions, and they were all very positive.
1: That's excellent. And of course, after your speech, you got um, mentioned by Hillary Clinton and Beto O'Rourke. They retweeted clips of your speech. How did that make you feel?
2: Oh, my goodness. I was excited. (laughs) I really was that that the speech was getting so much traction. And a lot of women have found voices in the traction that that speech has gotten. So it, it excited me.
1: It's it. It should. You should take great pride in what you were able to do, uh, especially in a state like Texas, where your governor is working very hard to pass anti-choice legislation. Victor,
0: I was just going to say. I I remember after listening to your speech, like the day that you gave it, or at least the video when it came out. I went on Instagram and I and I, were, and I requested to follow you, and then like. Five days later, Jill and I were talking about possibly having you on the show and it was like your followers just skyrocketed. And I was afraid <laughs> that when I DM'd you that my message wouldn't go through because it would get lost in the DMs, but I, we are so glad to have this. Um, you know, you originally decided to talk about the media and how it's impacting your and our generation. Um, and after those remarks were pre-approved, you then decided to switch to talk about abortion. So I guess I'm wondering, when did you decide to switch topics? Like how many days before um, it happened?
2: It's hard to say. I've been saying, I thought it was 10. But when I went back and did like the time math, it didn't make sense. So I would guess maybe like a week and a half before. And and it, and it really hit me that I should do it. I was sitting in the band hall and I was trying to finish an assignment for a psychology class. And I couldn't bring myself to focus on the assignment because it kept just playing in my head over and over how upset I was by the passing of the heartbeat bill. And so I started writing down some of those thoughts into my Google Doc. And I think it was in that moment that I realized that 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 was something I should talk about.
0: Definitely. So why was abortion? I guess the topic that you decided to talk about was it because of? You mentioned the Texas legislation. Was it because of that, or just kind of the? general concern of these rising cases in um, anti-abortion legislation?
2: Ultimately, what led me to do it was the passing of the heartbeat bill.
0: Got it. Got it. And did you consider submitting your um, speech for approval beforehand, or were you just um, kind of, were you determined to go into the graduation speech um, or graduation ceremony with that speech?
2: I had thought about sending in the speech, but I didn't think that it had any chance of getting approved. And I thought that if I had sent it in and they had not approved it and I continued to get up and make that speech, they would have known where I was going and they would have cut off the microphone immediately. So I thought that the best chance I had to make that speech would be if if I went in cold.
0: Definitely, and such a courageous act, especially as you said, in such a conservative state. Did you talk about that with your parents or friends at the time? Like, what were their thoughts about you giving that speech? Or um, like, did they give you any advice about like how to write the speech or, or what you should say in it?
2: I had only talked to my parents about it ahead of time, and they were, of course, apprehensive about it. I'm sure it was scary for them to see their kid uh, speaking up about something like that in a in an area where a lot of people would vehemently disagree with me. Uh, so I told them that I had considered the consequences and they told me about the consequences that they might've predicted. And, and I told them that that was the sacrifice I was willing to make.
0: Mm-hmm. So, so you weren't concerned about um, the consequences that might happen after you gave the speech?
2: Of course I was concerned. I was concerned, but Like I said, those were consequences that I was willing to take on to say what I felt needed to be said.
1: When you were thinking about the consequences, what what did you envision might happen?
2: Well, first and foremost, I thought that the microphone would get cut off and that I would not have the opportunity to finish uh, speaking. I thought that I would probably lose some friends that day. Mm -hmm. I thought that I would get a lot of really nasty messages And I feared potentially for maybe loss of scholarships or uh, difficulty getting employment in the future.
1: Has any, uh, except for employment in the future, but (laughs) have you heard from um, college to say that any of your scholarships might be impacted? Have you gotten any nasty emails or uh, tweets or postings anywhere on social media?
2: Some not so nice messages from individuals, but I haven't lost any scholarships.
1: And that's really important. Um, I mean, yeah. civil disobedience carries that consequence, and you're correct in pointing out um, that what you have on social media may really influence employment going forward uh, because employers do look at. Uh, your social media background when they're making decisions. So, um, you, you were courageous in doing what you did. Um, let me read one little part of what you said, because it is, it's very powerful. You said, I have dreams, hopes, and ambitions. Every girl here does. We have spent our whole lives working towards our future and without our consent or input. Contr- for our futures has been stripped away from us. I am terrified that if my contraceptions fail me, that it that if I'm raped, then my hopes and efforts and dreams for myself will no longer be relevant. I hope you can feel how gut wrenching it is, how dehumanizing it is to have the autonomy over your own body taken from you. So can can you talk about what that means to you and how you came to write those powerful words?
2: For me, I'm very much so looking forward to being a mom one day. That's something that I'm very excited about. I've spent hours deliberating my future kids' names. <laughs> However, it's true. It's true. I have a list of names. <laughs> However when I become a mom, I want to know personally for myself that that's something that I'm ready to take on. And there are certain sacrifices that I'm just not willing to make yet. And I'm not financially stable enough to take that kind of responsibility on. I'm not mentally stable enough. I'm not emotionally stable enough to take on the responsibility of having a child. Uh, at this point in time. So I want to wait until that's something that I'm ready to do. And until I feel like I'm capable of balancing my career and a child um, to have a kid. So for me personally, that's where it came in, in in that speech.
1: And I, I assume that you were motivated by the recent attempts at legislation in Texas that would have a dramatic impact on your rights to choose at this particular point. Uh, Was that a motivating factor?
2: Yes, absolutely.
1: Paxton, I'm just wondering if your new leadership role has inspired any of your friends or if you're encouraging other young women to join you in this uh, issue?
2: Yes, I would say so. Um, They're probably not joining me in the same capacity Let me rephrase this. Sorry. I would say that it has inspired some people to get involved in the issue.
1: And have you encouraged people or do you think about at some point forming some kind of organization or movement to take on this issue to protect reproductive rights and other women's rights as well?
2: It's hard to say. Right now I'm just... Right now, I'm just trying to focus on taking each opportunity one at a time to help promote this message while it still has the the momentum that it does. And I think that the efforts to encourage the individuals around me will will come next.
1: I, I, I'm personally encouraging you to do that because I think you um, have given some critical thought to this, and have a good position, and that you might be able to help. Um, As I said in the introduction, it's been a long time that I've been wondering, where is the next generation of leaders? Uh, This issue affects you. It doesn't affect me anymore in a direct way. And so it's sort of up to your generation to take this issue on. Um, And maybe when the show is over, I have um, some ideas for you that I'd love, you know, if you can spend a few minutes, I will give you some names and contacts that I think might be helpful to you.
2: Okay.
0: Yeah, so, I mean, you are definitely a rising star in this movement. I mean, you already are a star in this movement. Um, how How? about specifically, like, young men and men in general, what do you think their role is in this kind of larger movement to um, guarantee women's bodily autonomy?
2: I think that... For gentlemen who want to help in the cause, they need to be inf- just as informed as any woman is about the status of legislation that's passing and how that might affect people who are trying to gain access to abortions. And I think if they really uh, want to help, they can contribute in the same way that a woman can, in that they they can donate, they can reach out to start conversations with people, they can vote, they can attend rallies.
0: Definitely. I, I agree. I think education is key, um, for, yes. for, for men. Yeah. And, you know, for, for young people specifically, I know our generation cares really deeply about social quality and social rights. What is the, the response been to your speech from young people specifically?
2: The response has been incredibly positive. Um, it, it initially gained a lot of traction on TikTok, and I think that kind of <laughs> says a lot right there that that is the younger generation yeah. that was the very first to to promote it.
0: And do you see like any generational divide in response at all? Or do you think that like most of the response that you've seen so far, it's like adults and young people are pretty much on the same page and, and support this cause?
2: I think I think it's both adults and young people. Mm-hmm.
0: And so since your speech, you know, you, you've had so much good attention from Hillary Clinton about work. Has anyone in the pro-life movement reached out to you?
2: Not any big names that I can think of, but I've definitely gotten messages from people who are pro-life and they try to explain their side of the argument to me. And I'm listening and I understand what they're trying to say, but it hasn't swayed my opinion about the topic.
1: So let's go back to your decision to change the topic and um the consequences that you thought about. And also how do you feel about the argument that has been made that those who agree with the content of what you said, they're going, rah rah, it's terrific that you did it, but that there are others who are saying you had pre approval for one subject and then you sort of didn't ask for pre approval, you the topic and that that wasn't appropriate do you have anything you'd like to say to them
2: i went back and forth for a long time with myself about when was the right time to say something about reproductive rights and i thought if i go to a rally and i make the same statement that i made at graduation The only people I'm reaching are people who already agree with me and already feel as strongly about this as I do. What I wanted to do is I wanted to reach people who either didn't care, or I wanted to reach people who didn't agree with me. And that was why I reached, I used graduation as the time and place to do that.
1: That's such a thoughtful, good answer. Um, And I'm just wondering because There is a case of another high school student that's at the Supreme Court right now uh, about the cheerleader. Are you familiar with that issue where the cheerleader posted on Snapchat? Um, Do you have any opinions on the right of the school to discipline a student off campus um, for a posting on Snapchat?
2: It's hard to say because there's a a lot of nuances in that. Uh, generally, no, I don't think that that is something the school should be able to do at all. I think the only exceptions to that could be if a student made a direct threat to the school with action items attached to it.
1: And, um, let's circle back to something else, um, which was your original fascinating too. And so since I don't know what you would have said, can you just give us sort of a little highlight of what your original impression was? You were going to be talking about the social media, I assume as well, and how it has impacted your life. Um, Can you give us a little brief rundown on
2: that? Yeah. So my initial speech as you mentioned, is about content and media. So dance, TikTok, television, movies, art. And I was going to talk about how, how much I watch it and why it is that I watch so much of it and how in taking it in so often, sometimes it's easy for me to think, that that content reflects reality and that it's normal to base your expectations off of what you see in that content. But that's not necessarily realistic because at the end of the day, it's just entertainment.
1: Okay. And social media and the yeah. media generally are issues of particular relevance and concern um, for you and for Victor's generation, um, which is pretty Close. I mean, maybe it is the same generation, actually. Um, do you think it's harmful than beneficial that we now have an ability for people to post whatever they think? And how do we get people to start thinking about critically what they're receiving? Is it true or not true? Is it fact or is it fiction? How do we get that part taken care of?
2: I think it's definitely a good thing that people, people can post about whatever it is they want to post about. And I think it brings a lot of voices that have not had media attention in the past to, to light, to center stage, where they can have their, their opinions heard. There is an issue, however, that I think is very prevalent right now, where it's easy to think that what you see online, just because someone says it and says it confidently means that it's true. And that's not always the case. So my advice to individuals who, who get their information from online, if you see a headline, don't just don't just read the headline, read the <laughs> article, and then go read another article about it, and then form an opinion.
1: I, I would add one other piece of advice. If you're reading articles online, okay. there are often links in it, So if it says, because, of course, my commentary is all based on law and legal, when it says someone was indicted and it summarizes it, I don't take the summary in the newspaper. I click on the word indictment and I read the indictment. When it says a judge ruled a certain way, I go back and I click to read the ruling. And that's the only way you know what is being reported is entirely accurate, is to go to the original source material, um, and use your critical thinking skills, which hopefully you've gotten some in high school and will get a lot more in college. Um, so that's the only right. thing I would add. You, very smart advice on your part, though.
2: Thank you. I also think it's important to, to, to learn about the biases in different news sources and to know that certain news sources have, think, have a tendency to spin it one way yes. versus another.
0: Exactly. Definitely. This, is, this is something that we talk so much on this podcast and I loved your answer um, about why you chose the graduation ceremony as kind of your platform to um, give this speech because you wanted to reach people who you disagreed with. And I think that's so rare in our kind of hyper-partisan world now. Uh, do you watch any cable TV? And if so, what, what do you think of cable TV? Because uh, Jill tells me a lot that, you know, during Nixon it was just facts and now it seems like we can't even agree on facts uh, on TV.
2: By cable TV, TV, do you mean the news? Yeah. Like Like CNN, Fox, yeah, yeah.
0: whatnot? Right, right.
2: Yes, I do, generally. Usually we have a split screen on our one TV, oh. so there's four different oh. news channels oh. wow. on the screen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, only one of them plays, but you can see all of them. And so usually they're all reporting at the same thing at the same time. So you can watch one perspective and then go to the other one and watch the other perspective of it. So that's definitely something that I do.
0: Well, well that, that is something that I think a lot of Americans would benefit from, something I don't do. And I think, you know, you're definitely giving me inspiration to do that because it's like you get every uh, angle. Um, I guess, w- what type of social media do you consume? Because you mentioned that you use TikTok and, and a lot of social media a lot. Um, but what, what do you think are kind of like the hottest ones for, for young people? And what about your friends?
2: Oh goodness, that's hard. Because my favorite social media platform is Facebook. And that is not that is not <laughs> what most of my generation uses. TikTok is definitely one that a lot of people use. Mm-hmm. But what was the second part of your question?
0: Um just young people in generally, uh in general. Um what what type of social media they use?
2: TikTok. I'm yeah. not sure. I don't think, you know, despite my age, I don't think I'm Quite cut
0: out to answer that question I just don't know <laughs> <laughs> it's okay you know um, one last question you know you obviously I was reading your your bio and this one hundred four point nine three gPA I mean obviously you have the critical thinking skills and and, um, and kind of the knowledge to to speak about these issues but what advice would you tell young people um, specifically who do live in this social media world and who do click on those headlines about kind of what they can do to um, improve critical thinking skills and, and I guess talk with people with whom they disagree.
2: I think it's exactly what you just said. Read past the headline and, and do some thinking for yourself. You know, don't just take everything at face value. There's a lot of, a lot of journalism that comes in with bias and they're going to twist things and try to get you to think things a certain way. And you, it's good to be aware of that when you see it. And open up those conversations with other people who might not always agree with you because sometimes they have the most insightful points of view and you never would have seen them if you didn't talk to them first.
1: Before we end, I want to talk about what's your future looking like. Um, So I understand next year you'll be a freshman at university of Texas at Austin. Uh, Is that, and, and what's your major, what's your career plans
2: most likely, I'm going to major in music.
1: Instrument or vocal?
2: A music production oh. or music business. Interesting. Okay. Yes.
0: And I think I think we have a couple of music production people on this call right now. Yeah. <laughs> so um, maybe after the call. Okay. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Shoot me. Shoot me your information. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so you're not thinking about running for office? I thought with your your dynamic presentation and the attention it's getting that you might be thinking that you could have an influence on the policies that America, Texas, and more broadly. uh, Is that something that you'd consider?
2: It's certainly something that is possible. I have a lot of time to learn and I have a lot of time to grow, so I'm not going to back myself into a corner just yet, but that's, that could be on the table in the future.
0: Very smart. If, if I could just say one thing, if, if you're on Twitter, I mean, after, after Twitter found out about your speech, I mean, dozens of Democratic um, campaign managers and officials were like, if you need a campaign manager, Paxton, we'll, we'll be <laughs> oh, a campaign I, manager.
2: I'm not on Twitter, so I did not see that.
1: You have to get on Twitter. It's actually a quite good place, much better than Facebook for dialogue with other people and hearing from other people. I find it a really good communications tool. Uh, And speaking of of things that you may not have been aware of, uh, I want to call to your attention a film called Birthright, A War Story. It is a film about the unexpected consequences of some of the abortion- restrictions that have happened Um, and it was directed and produced by a a very dear friend of mine, Sivia Tamarkin, who used to be with CNN. And um, I think we'll try and post a link to the film on the show notes and I will email it to you um, so that you have it. And she's someone who I think might be able to help you amplify your message and help you to either engage other people in fighting this battle uh, because she feels like I do, that it's time to pass the baton to your generation. And having talked to you today, I feel like we are in great hands if you will take on the challenge that these new laws are presenting and try to help protect the rights of women. So thank you for what you said. Thank you for what I know you will do in the future. And good luck to you next year in college and way beyond that as well.
2: Thank you. Thank you
1: so much.
0: Thank you so much for coming on, Paxton.